Welcome to God's Toolbox, the Bible. Here we connect the dots between God's Word and your real life experiences, challenges, and successes. Join us as we all get closer to living out God's purposes and His abundant life designed just for us. God bless you. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to our noonday service. You still chose me, Lord. You still love me in spite of me. Every flaw, every scar, you see it all, but you still love me. So we just thank God for this opportunity to come together on this noonday service today, August 31st. This year is really rolling by. And so let us begin in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for a chance to come and serve you, to gather together your people upon this medium that you have given us so that we are in different places, but we are on one accord, and that is to worship you. We thank you. We ask right now that your Holy Spirit would come into this place and speak through me. Lord, it's not about me. It's about you. And we ask for prayers for those that are sick among us, for bereaved families among us, for each of us with our own issues and challenges. We ask that you would inspire us, encourage us, Help us to put on the mind of Christ and not just be hearers of your word, but doers as well. These things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today's word comes from the Old Testament, the book of Psalms. And a lot of times we hear this sermon, this this psalm being read at funerals. And I was a little hesitant to do it, but this is what the Lord gave me. And so I'm going to read Psalm 90, not in its entirety, but I want you in your time of devotion and study to please go through and read it, all of it. It's only 17 verses. I'm going to be reading the first and second verse verses 8 through 10, verse 12, and verse 17. So I'm, I'm kind of skipping around through the psalm, but this is a powerful psalm, and I want you to listen to what it says. I'm reading from the New King James Version, Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place In all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Verse 8, you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. 
In other words, in the revealing light of your presence. For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. The days of our lives are 70. And if by reason of strength, they are 80 years. Yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. Verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And finally, verse 17. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Psalm 90. I'd like to use for a subject from verse 12. Lord, number our days. Number our days. This is the oldest of the Psalms. And it was written by Moses. And Moses' life gives him the right and the authority to write this psalm because there was nobody else in the Bible like Moses. We know that just the fact that he lived from a baby was miraculous because at that time, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, was, had instructed all the midwives to kill the male babies that were born to the Hebrews because he said the Jews, they're increasing too quickly and they're going to take over us. This was a Pharaoh who didn't know Joseph. And when that didn't work, he instructed all the people to throw their male babies in the river. You can keep the females, but throw the males in the river. And Moses' parents saw Moses and they couldn't do it. The Bible says that they, his mother saw that he was a lively child. So she hid him as long as she could. And then she fashioned an ark and put pitch on tar on it and put it in the river. And through God's providence, the ark with the baby in it, landed downstream where Pharaoh's daughter was bathing. And she had her servants get the child, and when they saw it was saw he was a baby, she decided to keep him and raise him as his own, as her own child. But according to God's providence again, his own mother was summoned to help care for him and to nurse him. And she raised him to know that he was of the Jewish faith, even though he was living in Pharaoh's house. And he lived there as if he were Pharaoh's son, gained knowledge and confidence and leadership skills. But around the age of 40, he saw an Egyptian mistreating one of his countrymen, and he couldn't take it. He killed the Egyptian, 
in the heat of anger, and then he fled for his life. And the Bible says he was on the backside of the mountain for 40 years. 40 years. Can you imagine someone who could have been a prince of Egypt on the backside of the mountain tending sheep? But he learned humility and patience and probably survival skills. All those years, 40 years. And then when he was 80 years old, he saw the burning bush. It was burning but not consumed. And he spoke to God and God told him, I'm going to send you back to Egypt to tell the Pharaoh to let my people go. And we know at 80 years old, Moses was able to get the people out of Egypt through a series of miracles, and they crossed the Red Sea, which was a a great miracle, and they were in the wilderness for 40 years, wandering. But during those 40 years, Moses again learned some things. He learned trust. And he learned obedience to God. The Bible says that he spoke to God as if they spoke as if they were friends face to face. But we know that because of an act of disobedience, not even Moses was able to get by. And he did not enter into the promised land. He died in the wilderness. But the Bible says God himself buried him. It's kind of a a, a sad ending, it seems. At 120 years he lived. And, but then he wasn't able to enter into the promised land. And I, I like happy endings. But as I was studying this, God reminded me that this was a happy ending. It was a happy ending because Moses believed in God. And the Bible says, Nothing shall separate us from the love of God that it is in Christ Jesus, neither life nor death nor angels nor demons nor anything can separate us. But the psalm reminds us that life is short. Even for Moses, 120 years, it was short. And whatever we're going to do, we need to do it now. Because we are not like God. In that God is not bound by time. If you go back and look at Psalm 90, verse 4, it says a thousand years is like a day to God. None of us can live a thousand years. That's only a day to God because God is not bound by time. God is eternal, but man is transitory. We were never created to stay in the state that we're in here on earth. 
We all have a beginning, a middle, and an end. In other words, we have a past, we have a present, and we have a future. So our end is really our future. Moses goes on to say in verse 8, Lord, you know all about us. Even our secret sins and the terrible things that no one else knows about us. But you've given us an average length of days, 70 years or 80 years if we're blessed. But even those and more filled with sorrow and labor. We're like the grass that stands up straight and looks so vibrant and beautiful in the morning. But by evening, it has withered and gone down. So teach us to make every day count, to number our days, to take advantage of the treasure of our lives right now. Because we don't know where we are on the timeline of life. If we were to stretch out our years and put ourselves on that timeline, we don't know if the majority of our years are behind us or ahead of us, if we have a lot of years ahead of us, or if we're at the end of our timeline. We don't know where we fall on that timeline, and nobody else knows. Only God knows. So we need to ask ourselves, God, what would you have me to do with my life? What would you have me to do right now? Order my steps. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity into the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to the end. You see, three things we need to be sure we know. God has put us here. And your life is not like my life. And my life is not like yours. But there are three things that are common to all of us. Three things. The first thing is that God created us with a spiritual thirst inside of us. We can gain all the success that the world offers us and still be spiritually empty, thirsty inside, because only God can fill that thirst. Remember what he told the water at the woman at the well? He says that if you get this water that I have, you will never thirst again. Spiritual water. That's what we need. And then the second thing is we have eternal value inside of us. In these bodies of clay, dust that will go back dust to dust, earth to earth. We have inside of us an immortal soul and spirit 
But God says if we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives, if we are born again, when we lose this body, we will get a new one. That's just how good God is. And then the third thing that we must know is that we have this restless groaning that only God can satisfy. Even when we do our best here on earth, somehow we know this is not our home. This is not our home. But if we are born again, we can look forward to a better life in the future. 2 Corinthians 5 and 1 says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, some say this tabernacle, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That's, that's what our future holds for us. If we've been saved, if we've been born again, we know that. But what about the right here and now? Life is short. Short. And after this life, we transition to another. An eternal life. Even in heaven, either in heaven or hell. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that Whoever believes in him should not perish, should not die, should not be hell-bound, but have everlasting life. Lord, teach us to number our days and gain a heart of wisdom. Because what we do with these days right now will determine what comes next for us. God bless you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word on today, for your warning to us to not just be cavalier because tomorrow is not promised and whatever we're going to do for you, we need to do it. We cannot be on the fence, straddling. We should not be double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But we need to be sold out for you, doing your will, your way. And that's how we gain the abundant life here on earth, right here, right now. Because you said that you came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So we reach for your abundant life here and now, knowing that if we do what's right here and now, we can enjoy the here and now and look forward to an even better life in eternity. We thank you, Lord, for your word for your encouragement. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen, everybody. I hope the word didn't bring you down on today. I was a little hesitant about preaching this word. Um, it does seem a little morbid, but it's something that we need to all think about and remember and not put off the quote says don't put off for today for don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today and we know we shouldn't do that because tomorrow is not promised we finished a little early today and i'm going to go ahead and close us out and allow you to enjoy the rest of your day. I do want to invite all of you to join us on virtual Bible study on Monday nights at 7 o'clock p.m. We will not hold Bible study this coming Monday, September 5th, because of Labor Day, but we will restart our Bible study again on September 12th. We're studying the book of Philippians. If you'd like to join us on September 12th, we will be studying Philippians chapter 3, a very powerful chapter in um, the Bible. So if you want to join, if you will contact me, I can give you the information and we will be glad to have you online with us. If there's nothing else, I want to say Thank you for joining us, and I hope the word was inspiring and encouraging to you. Now unto him who's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forevermore. Let us all say amen. Amen. Thank you again. I love you all.